0: Alright, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're worthy of our glory. You're worthy of all honor. Worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, don't sit down just yet. Grab your Bibles. Stand to your feet, please. We have a, a tradition indeed too well. We're gonna will you join me in making a declaration of our faith this evening? All right. Repeat these words after me. Believe the words that are coming out of your mouth and your life will be changed. Say, Father in heaven, Father in heaven thank, you for this word. thank you for this word. It's your personal love letter to me, it's your love letter to me and I receive it. I receive it's, it. The truth, it's the absolute truth, and I believe it. I believe it. It's the answer, to my the answer to my questions, and the answer to the world's issues. The to the world's issues. Lord, tonight, Lord, tonight, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. word. And I, by faith, faith, am ready to be be a doer of the word under all circumstances, circumstances, no matter what comes my way. way, In Jesus' name. name. Now, Father, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let me only say what you would have me say. Let me only do what you would have me do. We ask these things tonight in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you open up your Bibles, please, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel's in the Old Testament. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. You're all going to be familiar with this story, but we're going to look at it in maybe a different light tonight. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. We serve the God of the living, not the dead, right? Amen. That's right. 1 Samuel chapter 17. When you get there, just say, I got it. I got it. All right, let's do this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 3. I'm going to pick up reading. Now, the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley fixed between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. It's about nine feet nine inches. Everyone say, that's a big dude. It's a big dude. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat of mail was 5,000 shekels of bronze. Now, you put that into our English system, that's about 126 pounds. You ever walked around carrying something 126 pounds on you? No? Say again, that's a big dude. And he had, a bronze, he had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and an iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, about 15 to 16 pounds. And a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul... Choose for yourself a man and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Watch this now. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel, say all Israel. Israel. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed. And they were greatly afraid. Now let's just kind of work your knowledge here a little bit. Who is Saul? He's king. Just say that again. Who is Saul? So the Bible says that Saul and the armies of Israel, when they heard the words of the Philistine, they were afraid and greatly dismayed. That does not bring me comfort if I'm part of the army of Israel. Is it bringing you comfort? No. If your king is afraid, you're in trouble, man. You know, it's interesting. Do you know what that word dismayed means? Everyone understands afraid, right? You understand afraid. Do you know what dismayed means? It means to break down. Literally, to break down. Now watch this. This is the army of Israel. The armies of Israel. The same group. The descendants of the ones that God said, do not be afraid nor greatly dismayed, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. The ones that God told, I will be there Be strong and courageous. The very same descendants of the ones who marched around the wall of Jericho and the wall came down. They have already defeated all these nations. And yet the king of Israel and the armies of Israel all of a sudden have become afraid and greatly dismayed. Their courage has begun to break down. Now this giant, he's nine feet nine inches. All right, fine. But they destroyed nations. God tore the walls of Jericho down. Nobody could top that city. Their God, the God of the living, not the God of the dead, tore the walls of Jericho down, right? And yet they're afraid of a nine-foot dude. Why? Because Saul and the armies of Israel began to take their focus off of the living God. They took their focus off of the living God. They already saw God bring them through all these different things, but they began to lose sight. And you know, sometimes in the church, I've been church for a long time. Ask my parents. They're here tonight. I grew up in the church. I was born in the church. And you can probably agree, when you grow up in the church, sometimes you get comfortable, Right? You you start to settle in, and in the same battles that God brought you through before, and already helped you win a battle, and already tore down the wall, and already defeated the giant, the same battle that He's already brought you through starts to come and rear its face at you, and this time you're afraid and greatly dismayed. Why? Because we take our focus off of the living God. Now this is the way that I see it in life. You have two choices. You either respond the way Saul. And the armies of Israel respond with fear. Everyone say fear. fear. But there's another way to respond. Now I'm sure you can guess it. But there's another dude or there's another guy in this story, isn't there? We haven't gotten to him yet. He's a young boy and he hasn't lost sight of much. Go to verse 25, please. So the men of Israel, now let me just help you understand this real quick. Just in case you don't know your Bible history, i got to tell you the story. David, by this point, I just told you who it is, David, okay? (laughs) David, by this point, has already been anointed to be king. Samuel has already come in and anointed him to be king, but David is not yet king. He's still a shepherd boy. He's still doing what God has called him to do. But one day, dad, by the name of Jesse, says, go bring your brothers some nourishment. They're fighting. They're fighting, and they need some nourishment. So here goes David, and he just shows up on the scene. David, just a shepherd boy shows up on the scene, and this is his response. Verse 25. So the men of Israel said, now they're talking to David, have you you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, will give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him saying, what shall be done? you got to read it with a little bit of like, what did you just say? What did you just say? He wants them to repeat it again, not because he's hard of hearing, he's a young boy. Because watch this now. What shall be done for the one who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? That's a little bit different than being afraid and greatly dismayed. Would you agree? (laughs) Now David... Just a young boy. He's probably thinking, "I got nothing to lose. I'm gonna get me a girl out of this." Now, if you know, if you know your Bible history, her name was Michael. But I'm sure she was a pretty good-looking girl. You know, I'm sure she's good-looking. She's the daughter of the king. You know, a king's daughters, princesses, they usually don't look so bad. So he's a young guy. He's thinking, "Man, he, just be David for a couple seconds. I'm gonna get me a girl. I just brought cheese to my brothers. I'm gonna get me a girl." We're never going to have to pay taxes, and he's going to make us rich. Hmm. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, David had a perspective because David hadn't lost sight of his God. He said he was the God of the living, the living God. And the truth is, we always have a choice in life. I know David was young. I know. He probably hadn't gone through much. So you're thinking so far. We've got to read the rest of the story. But David knew that God was a deliverer. And he was the deliverer of Israel. He was the deliverer of the chosen people. Now, David wasn't just throwing out words like uncircumcised and Philistine because it sounded cool. What David was doing at that point was acknowledging this man has no covenant with God. This man. (laughs) Nine feet, nine inches, that dude's got no covenant with the living God. See, circumcision in our, in today's culture, you know, it's just like either you have it or you don't. And we'll leave it right there. But, you know, but in the Old Testament, it was a mark of the covenant. Now, you've been with Pastor John long enough to know what covenant is. Let me just give you a simple explanation. If you're married, how many married folks in the house? If you're married, you have covenant with your spouse. That means that, you know, you're each other's property and you serve one another and love one another. Well, watch this now. If you have covenant with God, that means you're his property. That means he's got to watch out for you. That means, now guys, men, husbands, raise your hand. Somebody comes messing with your wife. Who are they messing with? You. We all turn into David at that point, right? I don't care how skinny I am. Take you down. Somebody comes messing with your wife, they're messing with you. A couple of wives know what I'm talking about too. they mess with your husband, they're messing with me. You know, I got a great wife. She's, she, she knows it. She messes with, you know, anyways. It's the same thing with God. They come messing with us. They're messing with the living God. And that's what David is trying to revive out of the children of Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. David recognizes he has a covenant with the living God. We're not facing physical giants. Unless many of you, some of you have gone to war to fight in Iraq or Afghanistan or maybe you fought in another war early on. We don't war against flesh and blood. We know that Ephesians tells us that. You've been studying with Pastor John on Wednesdays. We don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So you and I, we're not facing many nine-foot dudes, are we? But what are we facing? Because you know what? Each and every one of us in this life is facing giants. Every single one of us. Is facing giants in our life. Well, just just shout some of those giants out. Help me understand. What are some of the giants that we face? Debt, money, crime, unsafe spouse, unemployment, sickness and disease. Now let's walk through this. We don't war against flesh and blood, right? Your boss is not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your Spouse is not your enemy. enemy. The gift from God. Your children. Your children are not your enemy. Your coworkers who ridicule you and persecute you and spitefully use you and set you up, they are not your enemy. They are not your enemy. We just talked about the spirit behind those people is your enemy. And when you look at that person, you don't have to look at that person with disdain, but you look at that spirit and you say, wait a minute now. You're an uncircumcised. You have no covenant with the living God. You can't come out against me. We're going to read how in a minute. But we war against principalities and powers of rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I know, you know, we, we know what it's like. You know, you get that report from the doctor and you have that moment. The bills line up, and you're on the floor, and you're praying, and you have that moment. Maybe your kids have run out. You've had an issue with your spouse, and you have that moment where you have two options. I don't care how young or how old you are. Everybody faces a giant. And at the midst of that giant facing you, you have two options. What am I going to do? Either you respond with fear and dismay, and the courage that you once had begins to break down, or you respond like David responded with faith. Let's keep reading here. David kind of reaffirms what he says in verse 32. So David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now, Destin, can you come here, bro? Mike can you come here? You know I love you, right? It's one of my students. You know I love you, right? Yeah. You love me? Yeah. You trust me? Good. You look like a bully. I'm not going to make you. Just go stand over there. Just go, stand. Just go down a little bit further. For the sake of demonstration, I would never want to be him. I love who I am, but I'm going to be King Saul, okay? Just for the sake of demonstration. You're David. You're Goliath. <laughs> So, um, so Destin comes over to me and says, "Yo, oh, dude, don't worry about that big guy right there, man. I, got, I got this. I got this. Yeah. How do you feel? You pretend you're the king of you're, you're the king of Israel. How are you feeling about this? You, that's a good matchup. They're going to win. He's going to win this fight. No, physically, you're probably thinking he's this. This guy's not going to make it. You're the king. You wouldn't even go out there, right?" You're already thinking, man, this, this kid's not going to make it. This poor kid, he came out to bring his brother milk and cheese and bread. This, he's, a du- he's a goner. He's not going to have any sheep anymore. He's all done. He's all done. That guy right over there, it's a big dude right there. I know that's what you're probably thinking. How is this kid going to be able to defeat this giant? Thank you. just wanted to give a visual demonstration. Thank you. See, I didn't embarrass you. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, but David said to Saul, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb from the flock, I went out after it, struck it. ...and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear... And this uncircumcised Philistine, there it is again, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. I'm not done, David said. Moreover, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Now that is faith. everyone's looking down on this dude. If you read further, his brothers are like, why did you even come out, man? Can't you just go home and tend to your sheep, you little puny boy? But he's been anointed to be king. If you're born again, you've been anointed to defeat the giants in your life. You have the spirit of the living God. Unlike David, who had the spirit resting on him, the Bible says you have the spirit of the living God inside of you. So how much more with your covenant can you come against the giants in your life? But, but you don't understand, Kurt. Man, you know, this debt, we can't pay our bills, The sickness and disease. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that it should defy the armies of the living God It doesn't matter if it's a big dude standing in front of you, or a big bill facing you, or a big doctor's report facing you, or a potential separation between you and your spouse, or facing a child walking out the door. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? If God be for you, who can be against you? The Spirit of the living God is inside of you. The Spirit of the living God is inside of me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's right, you know the Word. We need to be revived. We need that same spirit that David had. We have to be revived. We cannot be defeated by the giants in this time. We are the church of the living God and we will rise up and the world will see. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Come on. Watch this now. So you know the story, right? Saul says, okay, put on my clothes. Put on my armor. Little guy, big guy. And Saul said, Saul's a little bit bigger than David. He said, David, you got to just imagine this picture. You ever have a, your child put your clothes on and they're just like, you know, flopping around in there? That's the image I get. Saul says, try my coat. Try, my, try my, my armor and see how it does for you. But I want you to read verse 39. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I want you to read verse 41. So the Philistine came. Now we know that David said, I can't trust your armor because I haven't tested it. I don't want to miss that. I can't trust your armor because I haven't tested it. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes, right, we're facing a giant. Somebody wants to come and help us out. And there's nothing wrong with that. Come and pray with me and agree with me in prayer. But don't ever take anything that you haven't tested. Don't ever, don't ever put something upon yourself that you know is not from the living God. Because you have the spirit of the living God inside of you. David wouldn't put on that armor after he tried it. It wasn't working because he hadn't tested it. And we need to make sure that we only hang around the folk. We only guide, you know, spend time with the folk who are going to build us up and say the same thing that we say. If we haven't tested it and if it sounds wrong, I'm not going to accept it. Because it's not, it's not from what my God wants me to hear. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch. <laughs> I love this guy. He's literally a shepherd. He's literally a shepherd. He's carrying like a, like a belly bag or something. You know what I'm saying? 1990, the belly bag. I'm sorry if you still wear one, by the way. But Fanny pack, whatever. <laughs> It would be like the guy who who had the fanny pack on, you know, put some stones in there because he's going to go destroy that giant. You're like, you are such a wacko. He's a shepherd boy. He is a shepherd boy. And he just gathers some stones and puts them in his bag. They're probably thinking this boy is a goner. Verse 41. So the Philistine came and began to draw near to David. Watch this. This is it. The Philistine came and began to draw near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He disdained him. He belittled him. Don't you know that that giant comes at you sometimes? And it's not bad enough that that giant has already made you feel small, already made you feel defeated, but that giant looks you right in the face and belittles you. You know what I'm talking about? It's his last ditch effort to try to tear down any faith that you might have left. You may be there right now, Maybe that's where you're at right now in your life. You have had the faith. You're holding strong. You're waiting for God to show up. And with that last-ditch effort from the enemy, he's disdaining you. He's belittling you. But let's read on. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained and belittled him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. When the enemy comes out against you, even though our enemy is not a physical enemy, Sometimes it talks to you. Sometimes you can hear the lies of the enemy. And that is why it is so important to make sure that you know your God. And that you know where you stand with your God. The very first thing David did was he acknowledged his covenant and the lack of that person's covenant. The lack of that giant's covenant. you got to know where you stand with God. You have to be right there. you got to keep trusting God all the way through. Because that giant will try to tear you down right up until the last minute. Why? Because ultimately, he knows he's going down. Let's keep reading. Verse 44, and the Philistines said to David, we read that. Verse 45, watch this now. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel... When you come up against that giant and you're ready to rock and roll and you're ready to face that giant and that giant gives you everything they got and you acknowledge out of your mouth, I will strike you and take your head from you. What does the head represent? Body can't go anywhere without the head, right? right. I will strike you and take your head from you. Now remember, we're not talking about physical people here. Before I get all amped up, all right, we're talking about principalities, powers, the rulers of darkness of this age, the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. A lot of these battles, where do we fight? Where do we fight a lot of these battles? In the spirit on your knees, in your floor, in your bedroom, in your house, walking through. Your child may have just walked out the door, but you're speaking this word right over your life. Your spouse may be looking you on. You may be having struggles. You may have problems, sickness and disease. You just may have got a report from the doctor. But you're looking that demon square in the eye. You're looking that sickness and disease and saying, who are you? God will deliver me from you. I will strike you, take your head from you, and I will deliver your body to the carcass. To the, to the, to the <laughs> I will deliver your body to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the field. Why? That all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Friends, I've got news for you. 2,000 years ago, there was a man by the name of Jesus who showed up on the scene and made sure that the God of Israel didn't just stay in the God of Israel. didn't just stay in Israel as the God of Israel. Because of Jesus Christ today, folks, we now can be children of the Most High God. And we too can say, I will strike you and take your head from you. Why? So that all the earth may know, all my friends may see, all my family may see that God is my God and Jesus is my Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. When you look at Saul and the armies of Israel and you compare them with David, there's three differences that I see. Obviously, we know that Saul and the armies of Israel, they responded with fear and dismay. Their courage began to break down. But when you look at the scripture, David did three things differently from the children of the armies of Israel, the first thing that he did was he acknowledged. He acknowledged his God and his covenant with God. He acknowledged his God and his covenant with God. And when that enemy comes out against you, and when that giant comes out against you, the very first words out of your mouth cannot be, I don't know what I'm going to do. We have all been there. But it cannot be, oh, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. What is that? It's fear and being dismayed. You're breaking your own courage down. The very first words out of our mouth have to be, he's the God of the living, not the dead. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And oh, yeah, he's the God of Kurt McWilliams because he's the God of the living and not the dead. You just throw your name in there, okay? Because he's your God. You acknowledge your God is bigger and your covenant with God. Sickness and disease has no covenant with God. Sickness and disease is a result of the curse. The curse is a result of sin. Who paid for sin? Jesus. You better believe he did. Yeah. For he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we have been healed. First Peter 1:24. one twenty four. First Peter 2.24. 2.24. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. First Peter 2.24. You acknowledge your God and your covenant with your God. The second thing that David did, and it's sometimes where we get stuck, David remembered. David remembered. He went through at least two different stories of how God had already delivered him, didn't he? Didn't he go through at least, he said the bear, he said the lion. And you know what that does? That builds your faith up. Sometimes what we do is we may acknowledge, okay, God, you're going to get me through this. And the next thing we do is go pick up the phone to talk to somebody about the report we just got about what just happened at home. You know, don't we do that? Don't we do that? But we need to remember, if God delivered me back here, wait a minute, if He delivered me again here, then I know He's the God of the living, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to deliver me again. And this giant is nothing greater that he hasn't already defeated. It's nothing greater. Greater is He who is in me than he who is in this world. David remembered. He remembered. Many of us, we need to go back. Many of you may be saved for a long time and you need to go back and you need to remember what it was like when that freedom came and that deliverance came and you were set free from addiction. You were set free from sickness and disease. You have to remember. You must remember. Remember what he has done. Remember how you were lit on fire the day the Spirit of God came on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, the addiction began to fall off. And alcohol and drugs were no longer a struggle. And pornography and sex were no longer a struggle. We must remember. We must remember. Young and old, it doesn't matter. God's already delivered you from several things. We have to call those. Now, the other thing too, it's written in the scripture. It didn't, David just wasn't doing this inside of his head, was he? Was it, standing before Saul? No. What did he do? Spoke it. He spoke it. And there's something about speaking because faith comes by hearing. and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by, hearing. and you don't just need to hear Pastor John preach. He preaches a good word, but you need to hear yourself preach at home when you're walking through the house, when there's no one else there. It's midnight hour. You can't call anyone because they're going to be mad if you do. It's just you and Jesus walking through the house. You got to speak it out loud. He remembered. David first acknowledged his covenant with God and the lack of that enemy's covenant with God. Second thing that David did was he remembered. Remember. And the final thing that David did that changes it all, and it's where word of faith people have it, but we can't forget to acknowledge and we can't forget to remember, but the final thing that David did was he spoke his victory. He spoke his victory. Why? Because he had already seen it here. You see, when you acknowledge your covenant with God and then you bring to remembrance the things that God has already delivered you from, your faith is pretty well well built up. And you're not going to listen to the voice of another. You're not going to listen to something else that says anything contrary because you've got your faith built up now. And then you get to that final point, and I want to read this again. Let's go back to verse 45, probably one of my all time favorite scriptures. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day... I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47, then all this assembly shall know, oh see, not just the earth but the people around you. God wants you to be a living example of victory in every area of your life, in the workplace, in your house, on the streets when you're walking down there, in the grocery store. He wants you to be a living example of his victory in your life that all this assembly, everyone present will know that the Lord does not save with a sword or a spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. David wasn't shy. He began to speak his victory. You know, God has given us, we don't always use the things that God has given us correctly. But God has given you an imagination. <laughs> the problem is sometimes we're using it during the day. to daydream, all we're supposed to do is our work, right? You're walking through the hall. You're thinking about something else. The boss calls you over. And you hear it like, you know, like Charlie Brown. <laughs> you're hearing it like that. You're thinking about, oh, man, that game's on tonight. Oh, this is going on. You know, you're thinking about something else. <laughs> but God has given us an imagination. And he, God, God gave us an imagination. The devil can't create Every good and every perfect gift has come down from the Father of lights. He has no power to create. So God created our imagination. And I wonder if He created our imagination so that we could begin to see things before they happen. So that we can begin to see things before they happen. Because if we see it here, we might just believe it. And if we begin to believe it down here, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. So you start to see yourself winning that battle. Right now, pick your giant. Find your giant. Find it. Where is it? You know where it is in the workplace. You know where it is at home. What are you facing tonight? We're all facing giants. What are the giants you're facing? So you say, Kurt, there's too many to list. Okay, we'll pick one and start. And just tonight, begin to walk through and remember what God has already delivered you from, what God has already set you free from. And remember what it's like to feel that. Say, man, I feel so old. I go to sleep early now, Kurt. Well, I'll tell you what, you get to remembering what God did. You'll be so lit up, you won't be going to bed. You'll be running around the house. (laughs) Don't tell me I'm lying because I do it all the time. Can't go to sleep. Oh, man, God, you've been so good. You just start to remember what he's done. Now, let's just gauge the population. Anyone here God done something for? More than one thing? More than two things? <laughs> you don't have your hand up. We'll get you saved tonight. filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll be on your way out the door. Set free from all the things that have oppressed you from day one. Hallelujah. David acknowledged his covenant with the living God. And if it's one thing we grab hold of tonight, our God is the God of the living and not the dead. I had an opportunity to meet a Buddhist last night. Now, uh, uh, Pastor Garcia was here on Sunday. And man, he's just really affirming a lot of the stuff that God is doing. And you know, in the summertime with our students, we taught them about listening to the Spirit. If you're born again, you have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you. Okay? And the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you into all truth. That's what Jesus promised. He'll lead you into all truth. And so when we walk to the grocery store, we've got to have the eyes of Jesus, right? We've got to see as he sees. So last night I'm out at the grocery store, and I'm just praying, you know, Pastor Garcia talked about, okay, Lord, you know, who do you want me to talk to tonight? Just going with that focus. And I met a friend, and she's, you know, I thought, oh, that was great, God. Thank you so much for that encouragement. And then there's this woman cashing out. And, uh, you know, she was cashing out in Spanish. And so I thought, oh, wow, maybe she's, you know, one of those electronic, you know, the automatic scanners. You don't have to go to the real people anymore. You know the scanners. You know, <laughs> we all use them. But uh, she's there cashing down Spanish. And I just thought that was interesting that she's listening to how it talked to her in Spanish. So I just began to watch her, and God began to speak to my heart. A lot of times, we can write that off, can't we? Yeah. We say, oh, you know, you, you, Kurt, you're just being silly. But God began to speak to my heart. I just became interested in that person and wanted to discuss more with them about what was going on in their life. God just did that to me. But you know what I did? I was pretty excited because I bought some salt and vinegar chips and they weren't on the list. So I had to, uh, Miss Jennifer made the list, so I was excited. So I went out to the car to open the the bag of chips in the car because I can eat them in the car on the ride home. And once they're open, she can't say, you got to go return those, Kurt. They weren't on the list. She can't say that because I already opened them and started eating them. So I said, oh, you know, Kurt, you're just being silly. So... I got in the car, I'm eating my chips, and I'm convicted now. I'm driving down the street. I pulled an illegal Yui. We always get into trouble when we disobey, right? The first time. But God was faithful. The police officer didn't show up till 30 seconds after I pulled my Yui. Praise the Lord. I said, God, you must really want me to talk to this person. So I went over to this person and I said, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what's going on, but man, I just, do you know God loves you so much? Do you know he has a purpose for you? I just, God just began to speak to me. And she's probably thinking I'm a wacko, but that's okay. God, you're, you're, you're cashing out, and God is speaking to me about you. just want you to know that God loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. She, I said, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And she said, actually, I'm Buddhist. And I, I was like, okay. You know, we've, we've run into a lot of people before when we, when we share the good news with people. And so I just began to talk to her, and she says, well, you know, you Christians, you should really think about whether or not you're wrong, because Buddha was around 3,000 years before Jesus. And I'm like, oh, wow, he was around 3,000 years before Jesus. I said, so what does that mean? Does that mean that he's, he's the way? Does that mean that he had the truth? Does that mean that he was the life? So we ended our conversation. She was, you know, a little bit hard towards the gospel, but I planted the seed. Uh, it, if they were, Jesus said, if they reject the gospel, they reject me. They don't reject you. You planted the seed, right? Okay, and I learned something from it. I need to know a little bit more, and that's okay. That's okay. So I learned from that experience and I was like, God, you got to help me. I want to do this thing right. I want to have your heart. I don't want to say anything that you wouldn't have me to say. I don't want to offend people. I want to do it right. So this morning I'm saying, God, I'm I'm over here practicing and, and talking to God. And I read this scripture. And the scripture says, I just read this here. It said, he's the living God. He's the living God. You see, her biggest argument towards me was Buddha was around, he's a predecessor to Jesus. He was around 3,000 years before Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus hit me right between the eyes in this sanctuary this morning and said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Kurt. This is what you should have said. Okay, Buddha might have been here 3,000 years over here on the timeline, but Jesus is not dead. He rose from the dead. He is alive and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's it. I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot you're alive, you know? Wow. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) He's alive. Jesus is alive. He's the God of the living and not the God of the dead. Be encouraged tonight, friends. We're facing these giants together. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For it is like the oil flowing on the head of Aaron down his beard. Oil represents the Holy Spirit and the anointing. How good and pleasant it is to dwell together. Because friends, when we dwell together, there's an anointing. And the Holy Spirit is present. And we need to sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron. We need to help each other. And build each other up, young and old. Because we're facing these giants together. We're doing this together. Though we are many, we're one body in Christ Jesus. David acknowledged his covenant with God. He remembered what God had already delivered him from. And he spoke his victory. Because he saw his victory. Find that giant in your life right now. You you threw out a couple names. There was debt. There was money. There was, you know, espousal abuse. There was all different types of things. Find that giant right now. See it. Bible says you're more than a conqueror. The Bible says greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. That's not just good Bible scripture. That's there to change your life. No temptation has overcome you except such as common to all men, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but also with the temptation will provide for you the way of escape. He is greater than that temptation. He is greater than that sin. He is greater than that giant that is glaring its face at you tonight. That thing, that addiction that you just can't break, He's greater than that. He's greater than that. Stand to your feet if you would this evening. Raise your hands towards heaven, please. Say, Father, Father, you're the God of, the living, the God of the living and not the dead. Not dead. You're, my God. you're my God. You're my Lord. You're my, Lord. You're my Savior. My Savior. You're, my you're my Redeemer and my Deliverer. My deliverer. I, can do all I can do all things because Christ strengthens me. Christ strengthens me. Greater is He, Greater is he who, is me who is in me than he that is in this world. The greater, one is in me. the greater one is in me. The Savior. The, savior. the redeemer. redeemer. The Healer. The, healer. The, deliverer. the Deliverer. He's in me. He's right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless His name for a moment. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of our praise. 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 Hallelujah. Praise your holy name tonight, Lord. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our praise. Friends, that giant's not going to go away until you defeat it. Okay? David had to defeat that giant. You can defeat that giant, not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. Zechariah 4, 6. By my spirit, says the Lord, greater is he who is in you. You have a better covenant than David had. You have the spirit of the living God inside of you. So whatever it is that's trying to pull you down, whatever it is that's trying to stop you from being a success in life, from stop you from fulfilling your purpose, the greater one is in you. The redeemer is in you. The deliverer is in you. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Just begin to thank God right now for your victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're greater than every situation that I might face, you're greater than those giants. Thank you, Lord. You are. You've overcome everything. And we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're overcomers tonight. We're more than conquerors tonight. We can do all things because Christ strengthens us. Christ, the hope of glory in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm more than a conqueror. Thank you, Lord, that you're my redeemer. Thank you, Lord, that you're my saviour. Thank you, Lord, that you're my deliverer. You're my baptizer. You are everything that I need. You are everything that I need. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name tonight. Blessed be your name, O God. Blessed be your name. 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 name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. May I share one final thing with you? Praise and thanksgiving are the key to our victory. Praise and thanksgiving are the key to our victory. And even in the midnight hour, we can lift our hands and worship God who never changes. He's always the same. His love for us endures. His mercy endures. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, O God. Worthy are you, Lord. We magnify your name. Worthy are you, God.